Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conflict of Interest. I am your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. And if you don't know me by now, please get to know me. Yes, don't be alarmed. My brother is indeed in the building. Mr. Dan Kelly himself is here. He's looking a little spiffy today. I'm, 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 I'm shocked and I'm impressed at the same time. We have a draft show coming on tonight and... Um, I, I, let's let's introduce Mr. Dan Kelly, the 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 greatly opinionated Dan Kelly that I like to disagree with much, but out of respect. So, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, real Dan Kelly. Let's get him up here. Rich, is that you? I, I can hear you, but I, I think my camera is just a little dirty. Give me give me one second here. Yeah, not a, not a problem. Not a problem. Take Whoa. your time. Take your time. Oh, there Take we go, man. <laughs> I like Welcome. the look. I like thank the look, you. man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I like hey, the look. It's April. It's draft month. This is our first episode of our mock draft. Of course, if you guys are unaware, going to be alternating picks between myself and Akeem. If you guys are unaware how the conflict of interest works, it's all about understanding the other person's perspective. It's okay to disagree. We're here to prove that. Rich. I disagree with your wardrobe right now. What's going on over hey, man. there? Hey, man, it's a draft show, man. <laughs> I'm a scout today, buddy. Hey, hey, Bills, hire me. I am a scout. So today I figured it was necessary for me to put on my scouting shirt since we are uh, assessing the draft picks one through ten. Yeah, and, and everybody's ready to go. Mr. Blue, we are live right now coming to you from the Built in Buffalo Network. There's shows all the time. There's the website, builtinbuffalonews.com. If you yes, guys sir. are unaware, it's been getting a lot of love. VIBfanshop.com yes, for all your needs. If you're looking to, to get, you know, dressed a up a spiffy. little bit. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but uh, let, let's shout out everybody in the comments for coming out today to the live show. We got Anthony. We got App Golf, Mr. Blue, Kate. Kenny, Daniel, great to see you. Kim's always here. And Mr. Blue is saying, let's get it. Uh, guys, something happened right after we went off the air last week. Mm. After the conflict of interest aired on Tuesday, Wednesday mm. morning mm -hmm. was a good one for Bills fans. And I know you've all heard it already. Stefan Diggs, big extension. Mm -hmm. But we got to talk about it again. Rich, mm -hmm. your first thoughts when you saw this news. Stefan Diggs will retire as a Buffalo Bill. Stefan Diggs will play out the entire contract for the Buffalo Bills. Is that a hot it, take right there? I, I, I think so, because how many times do we actually see players live out their entire contract and finish their career? I think it's, it's definitely possible with Stefan Diggs. He's still in his prime of his career, and I think he can play until his age 33 age 34 season. Emmanuel Sanders is about 33 years old. And I think this Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders coming off a significant injury in his past with an Achilles. So I think if knock on wood, if Stefan Diggs could stay relatively healthy, he can, he can max out this contract in terms of, of playing all the years. So I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic with the extension and I'm, I'm thrilled that our number one receiver will be paired with our franchise quarterback for years to come. Lone Wolf. It's not about how you how you feel <laughs> smart, okay? It, it's about looking good. It's about feeling good. It's about performing well for all you fans out there. We appreciate you in the comments. But, Rich, it was 
it was such a good day when I saw this news. I was just listening to the radio, and all of a sudden they say, Adam Schefter tweeted 30 seconds ago. I take my phone out instantly. We're scrolling. Oh, my goodness. First of all, the only wide receiver to stay with his team and get a massive contract this offseason. You look at Tyreek Hill, goes to Miami. Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams takes his talents over to the Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Parker, you know, not in that realm, but he gets traded as well. All these wide receivers are on the move. Diggs stays in Buffalo. It, mm -hmm. Did it surprise you with, with the little amount of cap that Buffalo has to, to make a move like this this year? Um, actually, no. It, you know, it didn't surprise me because I knew – that the Buffalo Bills could have some cap relief if they did extend or restructure some guys. And Stefan Diggs' name was always floating out there. And with the Buffalo Bills uh, getting the free agents that they got and spending the money that they got on some of these high-priced free agents, they needed some cap relief. So how was... How was the Buffalo Bills going to do that? How was they going to get this cap relief? Well, we have a, a primetime wide receiver that's in the midst of his of the prime of his career, and we can use him for an extension. It will be good for the organization, the players, and for, for cap relief right now for draft picks or for veteran free agents that we may need. So I think um, uh, it was indeed possible for this extension, and, and I'm glad it happened. And Mr. Blue says, it's nice to see Diggs happy for once. I don't know if he was unhappy. I think that was fans taking taking some tweets out of context. I, I think he wanted a new deal, but I don't think he was unhappy the same way he was in Minnesota. I don't think he was out there asking for a trade. I think that stuff with mm -hmm. his brother, it kind of just happens. You know what I mean? Uh, but Stefan Diggs with the Bills contractually for six years. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing more it, years and it's amazing nobody talks about his his uh, lack of productions to statistic wise in the kansas city game right only three receptions about six yards he didn't do too much of anything statistically but what he was really able to do was open up the floodgates for the other receivers for the Buffalo Bills, the Dawson Knox, the Gabriel Davis 200 receiving game I have to give some credit to Stefan Diggs for Gabriel Davis, 200-yard receiving game. And those type of things, the statistics that's not shown that Stephon Diggs does cannot be overlooked. And it's just great to have him back. It's the number one wide receiver. You wanted him back. You got him. Mm -hmm. It's a fair deal for both sides. He's being paid the way he should. You mentioned the cap number goes down this year, obviously, because the Bills needed to save some money, whether it be for draft picks, whether it be for a veteran corner. Uh, but but Rich, the, the Bills, I, I think we can finally say maybe they're done. Uh, Poy Poyer's looking for a deal. I don't think it's going to get done between now and the start of the season. Never say never on mm -hmm. our wizard, our GM, Brandon Bean. Mm -hmm. Brandon Bean for president. If you guys are unaware, he, he will run for office one day. We will all vote for him. Rich, it's draft season and everybody wants to get into it. Mm -hmm. And I've had a thought now for, for a little while. When when you're one of the worst teams in the NFL, mm -hmm. obviously you get one of the better picks. It's not like hockey. It's not like um, basketball mm -hmm. where if you're the worst pick, you have the best odds at mm -hmm. the number one pick, the number two pick. Right. But in the NFL, you get that pick. Uh, mm -hmm. We've seen teams tank before. Mm -hmm. It has happened. So do you think that the worst teams in the league are able to draft the best player available or do they have to draft for need? 
and I think um you know that's an excellent question by the way uh ladies and gentlemen we're, we're doing a, a draft concept tonight you know conflict of interest you always know that uh we love our buffalo bills but we will be talking about other things as well and the draft is coming up so we're doing the the picks one through ten so be please feel free in the comments to talk about whatever you want to talk about with the teams we are about to discuss but as far as uh drafting per for need or best player available I believe in the perfect world, right? Uh, every team, especially the worst teams, hope that their need is the best player available or their best player available is their need. I think for, for a perfect world, I think every team would want to accomplish that. But uh, we all know there are positions that's more important than others. We all know that there are premium positions in this NFL. And as much as every team would want to draft for uh best player available because i think that's the politically correct thing to say i think teams are going to look into their roster and 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 draft for need more than best player available that's uh that's just my opinion if you need a quarterback we all know that you uh teams may reach to to get that quarterback because it's such a premium position and you don't want to lose out on possibly landing that franchise guy so uh, as much as people talk and general managers will say, hey, we're going to draft best player available, best player available. I think they're going to uh, in their huddles and in their circles. I think they're going to draft for need. And again, perfect world. You hope they both match. But we know that this draft process isn't a perfect world. And, and Rich, you said it all there. It, it, it's quite true. I think when you're one of the worst teams in the league. You have glaring needs. And Lone, mm -hmm. Lone Wolf puts this one out here. Mm -hmm. If you're that bad of a team, you'll have a lot of needs. The best player available is bound to be one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I would counter you with Lone Wolf. Not every team is good at drafting. Not every team is good at scouting. Not every team is good at developing players. Because mm -hmm. if you go to the wrong situation, that can be you changing from a bust to an all-pro, to a, a Pro Bowl-type caliber player. I know the mm -hmm. Pro Bowl doesn't mean what it used to mean. Uh, Dave, smash that like button, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dave, for coming in. We appreciate you. Um, but I, I, I think this is this is true, but false, Lone Wolf. I, I know what you're getting at, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's always this way. R Richard mentioned it with uh, with quarterbacks. People mm -hmm. will reach for a quarterback. It doesn't always work. The Denver Broncos with Paxton Lynch is mm -hmm. a prime example of mm -hmm. reaching for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So it, it does happen. I think you're right, Rich. They'll, they'll tell you. Hey, we, we are going to draft the best player available, mm -hmm. but does it always happen? No. And when you're one of the worst teams, I don't think you have that option. When you're a playoff caliber team and you're picking at the end of the first round, you have options. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go, hey, we need this guy. He's going to start week one, week two. He's going to be ready and on the field. Dave is Spitting some Bills information. He <laughs> says corner is the only right answer, Dave. We agree. I'm speaking for A. Rich, too, because yep. he used to say it was interior offensive line. And yep. then the Bills got Ryan Bates back, and he changed his tune. That was the, the best segment of all time on the conflict of interest, <laughs> which was titled A. Rich is Wrong Again. Uh, that will be coming back as soon yeah. as I get another time when A. Rich is wrong. I, you know, and, and I like it. Right. I like it. But getting back to getting back to the draft and, and draft needs. Right. I think it's it's about a GM sticking to his strategy. 
right? Mm -hmm. I think strategy, being strategic and having a plan and sticking to that plan is, is a very important tool for all general managers because if you have a plan and you stick to it, you can't deviate from it. And what happens is these GMs that have a plan but it's not concrete, they, they end up going to these, these, these pro days and the uh, draft combine comes out and now receivers are running four twos and running four threes and they, they're all athletically gifted. And now all of a sudden your, your draft strategy that you thought you had is kind of blown up because you're not even sure that your strategy was good to begin with. And now you've seen these athletically gifted players test well, and now you start to fall in love with numbers as opposed to sticking to your strategy. So I think it's all is important that all GMs have a strategy and stick to it. All right, a few comments here before we get into our mock draft. Rich, get ready. You're going to be on the clock in about 45 seconds with yes. the number one overall pick. But I want to get some comments here uh, from Daniel. Bean is a best player available guy in his opinion. Mm -hmm. He will move to get some to get the best player available at a position of need if needed. Uh, I, I believe I speak for Rich when I tell you I agree. I think mm -hmm. he is a best player available guy, but not every team has a Brandon Bean at GM. And that's what we're going on today is, is the fact that we're going through the worst teams in the league, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Me and Rich are going to disagree a bunch. He already told me to get ready. He told me to have my fists ready to fight. I'm going to roll up the sleeves in just a little bit. Don't you worry. And Christopher, with the question, do you think we trade up in round one? Um, it's a possibility. It, it is a possibility. I believe if the Bills are going to trade up, it's going to be for a corner, and I believe if that were to happen, they would not move past number 15 because it would cost a lot to get into that top 15 range. Mm -hmm. If I was a betting man, I would tell you no, but I have to see how the draft is going to uh, fall because the, the Bills are in a wait-and-see kind of attitude. But, Rich, I've given you enough time. Mm -hmm. First pick in the NFL draft belongs to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you are selecting on their behalf. So let's hear your pick and why you believe he should be the first overall pick. And let's see if I can sway you if we have different answers. Take us away. Now, Trent Balky, you don't know what you're going to get with this guy. You don't know what you're going to get with the, the Jacksonville Gen uh, Jaguars GM. Uh there's some speculations that uh, some some people wanted him fired. Brian Leftwich wanted him fired. He didn't want Trent Baalke as the GM if he was going to be considered to be the head coach of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. He is still there. So uh, you never know what he might do. The Jacksonville Jaguars went on a splurge this offseason. They got a lot of talent, a lot of talent that you hope to, to progress in the form of of wins with Evan Ingram and, and Christian Kirk and a, a, among others. They drafted a number one pick in Trevor Lawrence last year. Uh, Travis ATN should be coming back healthy. So I think they have a uh, lot let of... Me, let me interrupt you for a second. Go ahead, go ahead. Did you see the quote from, from ETN? I didn't. What did he say? So, so he was asked about missing uh, last season. And he was quoted as saying, if I was going to miss any year... I'm glad it was last year <laughs> because and of the you, whole Urban Meyer situation is what right. he was referring to. Right. I thought that was really comical. 
Yeah, that that was comical, and I and I and I have to agree with him, right? Because now you got uh, some type of coach that actually understands the game and knows what he's doing in Doug Peterson. So uh, we'll see what Travis Etienne do this this year. But uh, being that they went offense, and I know offensive line, you can go here, but I'm going Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher, Michigan for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 6'5", 6'6", 265 pounds. He has that uh, 14 sacks last season. Uh, he was projected in the top five, top three, even number one overall to a lot of experts. He has that relentless motor. He has that He has that attitude and persona about himself that he just want to get stuff done. I see a lot of J.J. Watt in Aiden Hutchinson's game, man. And I, and I think his relentless motor... And a, and a guy of his stature, you know what he's get, you know what you're getting. He's coming from a a big time conference in the Big Ten where there's a lot of talent, and uh, I think that's just an excellent fit. Even though they can go offensive line to protect their their star quarterback, I just think Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive side of the ball uh, it gives them that that juice that they need on defense to become a better and more successful unit overall. So my number one overall pick. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, edge rusher, Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan. Are you done? Yeah, yeah. What All you right. got? All right. <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson first. I'm not opposed to it, okay? And, and in the right situation, I believe you can talk me into it. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go Evan Neal, offensive tackle, stands mm. at six foot eight, 337 mm. pounds. He's been mm. compared to Jordan Mailata of the Philadelphia Eagles. My okay. comparisons, my stats, all brought to you by NFL.com's Lance Zierlein. I am not a draft scout myself, so I do want to shout out my sources, CBS Sports, NFL.com. Places like that is where I do my research. So Evan Neal, compared to, to my Lada, I've seen him going very high in, in a, a lot of mock drafts. And the reason I don't want to go Aiden Hutchinson is for the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars have spent high picks on defensive ends before. You mm -hmm. look at a guy like Caleb on chase on, you look at a guy like Josh Allen. So Josh Allen is in a contract year and that's why you could talk me into Aiden Hutchinson. Mm -hmm. But I think right now what the Jacksonville Jaguars need to do is protect their rookie quarterback. You mentioned it at the end there, mm -hmm. just to snip it. Yeah. Throw it in there. But remember how much Josh Allen took a step forward when the right protection was in front of him and the right pieces were around him. Now, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is Josh Allen. Uh, I don't think he ever will be. No. But if you give him the right pieces, you give him the right offense, we obviously don't know what's going to go on, you know, with, with the new head coach and everything going on in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. I say offensive line is the pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Hey, I'm not I'm not mad at it. And obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars, they can go either way, right? They can go offense or defense. So uh interesting to see and we'll see what happens come draft night. So Rich, if, if you had to, if you had to select somebody other than Aiden Hutchinson, did I talk you into Evan Neal or are you looking at somebody else on the board possibly? If it wasn't going to be Aiden Hutchinson. If, if it wasn't Aiden Hutchinson, for me, it would be Evan Neal. It definitely okay. it, yeah, it definitely would be Evan Neal. Uh, we talking about a guy that comes from Bama, so he's polished, you know, you know, you know, everybody loves and respect the Alabama Crimson Tide. So that would that would have been or that would be my secondary pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars is Evan Neal. And I like the okay. pick. Well, I can tell you, Rich, this is where we disagree, because my backup here 
for the Jaguars, other than Evan Neal, is another offensive lineman, and he's an offensive <laughs> tackle. I can't Iquanu. Iquanu. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll, we'll get into Iquanu later. I'm pretty sure he's going to be going super high. So right. we, we'll get into him later. But um, let's hear in the chat. Do you guys think Hutchinson or do you think Evan Neal? A one for Hutchinson, a two for Neal. What your guys' opinions are. We're going to move on to the second pick. And this one belongs to yours truly. The real Dan Kelly. Yes, sir. Detroit Lions are on the clock. And with the second pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson. He goes second in my mock draft. Rich, 6'7", 260. Mm. He's been uh, compared to Kyle Vandenbosch, who, I mean, Vandenbosch, to me, is not a huge name. Right. That that isn't right. a guy that I would want somebody to be compared to if if you're going in the top five in a draft. But Hutchinson on tape looks explosive, really good. I've seen some people mock a quarterback here. And Rich, if you're going quarterback, I will be shocked at number two overall. They're still paying Jared Goff. Now, can they do what Atlanta did in trading Matt Ryan away and eat $40 million? Yes. Do you expect them to do it? That's a whole nother question. I'm going Aiden Hutchinson here. I don't think he's fallen out of the top two. And um, Aiden Hutchinson is not a bad selection over uh, at number two overall, especially if you got Evan Neal number one. But uh, if I'm the Detroit Lions, um, it starts with the quarterback position. <laughs> it does not matter what you do around your team if you do not have the quarterback of the future you're still going to wait, lose games wait wait still... wait Rich. wait okay yes. Let, yes. let me ask you this okay is it worth using your number 2 overall selection on a quarterback in this year's draft do you think that this player and I don't know who you're going I don't know whether you're going Malik Willis I don't know whether you're going Kenny Pickett I don't know whether you're going yourself out of an unnamed college in Connecticut I have no idea where you're going with this pick but come on you really think this is the year that they're going to take a quarterback and you think it's going to work out you, you got to remember you're talking about the Detroit Lions here mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the floor again I apologize and 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 that's quite all right. When has it worked out for the Detroit Lions, right? What it, it's it hasn't worked out in a long time. No matter who they picked, they've picked Hall of Fame type players, and it still hasn't worked out. From Barry Sanders, it hasn't worked out for Detroit. From Calvin Johnson, it hasn't worked out for Detroit. Why did it didn't work out for Detroit? Because they didn't have that franchise guy. And Jared Golf, Matt is Stafford not... wasn't a franchise guy well, with Calvin Johnson. Well, Matt Stafford was. We don't, that's inexplicable. We don't know okay. what the hell was going on them times with the Detroit Lions. But I'm going quarterback here, and I'm banging the table for the Detroit Lions to select Malik Willis from Liberty. Go and get your franchise guy. Malik Willis is a guy that has all the tools to become a franchise quarterback in one to three years. You give him a red shirt year, you let Jared Goff be that guy again, right? You let Jared Goff be that guy, be the starting quarterback, uh, uh, build around Jared Goff or, or Malik Willis with the rest of the draft picks. But if you have the type of talent like Malik Willis, we're talking, he's not Lamar Jackson, 
but he is Lamar Jackson-esque in terms of being able to make all the throws, in terms of being elusive and being quick with his feet, throwing on the run. And we know in this NFL, you have to be a mobile quarterback nowadays in this NFL. This is not no, this is not the, the dinosaur quarterback. And Jared Goff is one of the few dinosaur quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks we have in this new NFL. Go and get your franchise guy. Go and get the possible game changer of a quarterback. And and you don't want to hang your hat. If I'm Dan Camp Campbell, first-time head coach, I don't want to hang my hat, my success, my career on Jared Goff. I don't give a damn about the money. So go and get your franchise guy. Number two pick for the Detroit Lions, Malik Willis out of Liberty. I can tell you, Rich, I, I don't know if Willis is the best quarterback in this class. I don't have him being selected in my top ten. Mm. So M- Malik Willis at number two. If if we're talking about best player available, which is what we were talking about just a little bit ago, right? I don't know that Malik Willis is the second best player in this draft. Now, again, we don't know what Detroit's thinking. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that that trade between the Rams and the Lions was made when Dan Campbell was in town. It's not like he wasn't there when Stafford was sent away and Jared Goff was brought in. So they they got their first-round picks. Let's see what they do with it, right? Because mm-hmm. as of right now, the Los Angeles Rams won that trade just with the one Super Bowl win. It doesn't matter what they do from now from now on. I mean, obviously, they'd hope to win more, mm-hmm. but one Super Bowl is enough for that trade. Rich, we're on to the third pick. The Houston yes, Texans are on the clock, and who do you have them selecting at third overall? Uh, third overall, the Houston Texans. Uh, Lovey Smith is the new head coach for the Houston Texans. Lovey Smith is a defensive guy. Uh, Davis Mills is a quarterback that I think they have a chance to build around. Statistically, Davis Mills statistically was better than a uh, majority of the rookie quarterbacks, if not all the rookie quarterbacks last I believe season. Mac Jones was the only one yes. above him in terms of accuracy, in terms of yards, and stuff statistic. like that. Right, right. So um, for me, it's... Houston Texans should go on the defensive side of the ball. And we all know edge rusher is a premium position. So Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher out of Oregon. Uh, Reset the clock on defense. Get your guy that can be able to cause havoc on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, speed, relentless, vicious at the point of attack. Uh, we're talking about a guy that that could really reset the clock for the Houston Texans defense, especially with Lovey Smith being a a, a defensive-minded guy. Go and get your premier edge rusher. Edge rushers come at a premium. So if a franchise quarterback is one position that you want to get, but edge rusher is another position because edge rushers don't go on treats. It's no guarantee that you can wait for edge rusher next year or later in the draft. So while they're available, you have to go get him. And, And this one has a lot of impact talent in in K, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. So that is my pick for the Houston Texans uh, for number three, the edge rusher out of Oregon. I'm not like against it. it. I'm, I'm not against it fully, but I am against it a little bit. So Thibodeau is my backup in this spot. Really? Uh, if, if, you, if you don't know his intangibles, six foot five, 258 pounds, been compared to Brian Arakpo. Mm. So if, if 
if you can have the same kind of impact Arakpo had with Washington, I think mm. a team would be very happy to select you. But you mentioned Davis Mills, and I mentioned Trevor Lawrence and how important it is to protect him. Mm-hmm. If Davis Mills is your guy, you need to go offensive line here. And the reason you need to go offensive line is because how deep is this tackle class? Four or five guys maybe that are the premium guys, and then after that you fall. How many guards are there? Maybe two. Like there's not a – it's not a deep offensive line class from what I've seen thus far. So the Houston Texans own multiple first-round picks. So with his first pick, the third overall, Ikem Iquanu is who I'm going with for mm. the Houston Texans. Nice, nice, nice. Big uh, kid out of NC a, State. A big offensive tackle mm-hmm. to block for Davis Mills. Now, I think the Houston Texans could, could easily go Thibodeau, and it would work out fine. Because yeah. I think this team has many, many holes on their roster. Whether you're looking at wide receiver, whether you're looking at running back, I don't think they're going to go running back here at third overall. Mm-hmm. But this team is bad. They're they're really bad. Like I know Detroit's bad. I know Jacksonville's bad. But it seems like they kind of put up a fight. You look at the way Houston played football last year. It it did not look like they were really competing. They beat the Colts. I think they beat the Colts when the Colts needed that win. They looked pretty damn good that day. That was but... that was the that was the Jags. Oh, that was the Jags. Okay, the, Jag, okay. the, the Jags, Jags beat the, the Colts. Jags, the Jags, <laughs> which is surprising. But right. we're we're on to the next rapid fire here. We're trying to get through the top ten for you. It's going to be ten this week, ten next week, and then the week after we are going to have the last twelve. So we're, we're going to be have to be quick on that, Rich. Not obviously taking too much time on that. Fourth overall, we have the New York Jets. Another team with multiple first-round picks. Multiple first-round picks in the top 10. So we're we're at pick four right now, right? And Mm -hmm. so far, I've had an offensive tackle go, a defensive end go, and another offensive tackle. Mm -hmm. You've had a defensive end, a quarterback, Mm -hmm. and another defensive end, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So no offensive tackles yet off your board. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Jets, they're also going offensive tackle. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you right now, right. It, it's its the Zach Wilson show in New York. Uh, they didn't do bad in free agency. I wouldn't have picked them as a um, as a winner, but I wouldn't pick them as a loser. They, they're kind of in the middle for me. Um, could this be a spot for Sauce? I think it could. It, it could definitely be a spot for Sauce. I think it may be a little high. I think he's very talented. Mm-hmm. He he may be the best player in the draft overall. He may mm-hmm. be. But corner corner going number one. Um, I don't know if it's ever happened, to be honest with you. I need I need a fact check on that. But we're going Charles Cross. Six foot five, three hundred and ten pounds. Been compared to Tristan Wirfs of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if you're getting somebody like Tristan Wirfs, I think that's that's quite the get for the New York Jets who need to to give Zach Wilson his next step. Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, if you guys are unaware. So I'm going Cross. I want to hear your rebuttal, Rich, because I know you're not going to agree with me here. You know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to agree with the position. I think, okay. I think the New York Jets should and will go offensive line here simply because uh, I think they did a solid job in free agency. I like what they did. They addressed the cornerback position. Uh, getting the kid from Seattle, they got two tight ends um, that I that I that I really like. Uh, they got some weapons at the receiver with with uh, Corey Davis and 
Elijah Moore. So they got some weapons. Uh, I really think offensive line is the need here for the New York Jets because obviously you got the franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh, they have Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted last year and, and has done very well. But they drafted a guy a couple of years ago, and if he's healthy, he could be a monster, but he's a wild card, and his name is Makai Becton. Makai Becton, the Mac- absolute freak he's on the a- field. He looks, ab- he looks like Andre the Giant. I yes. swear, that's what yes. he reminds me of. And he, he's nimble on his feet. He's a sideline to sideline offensive tackle when healthy. But and you and you remember what the Jets did to him, right? He, he had, I believe, he had a shoulder injury. Yeah, he didn't want to play, and I believe they had forced made him, him play. to play, and he got hurt. So, so I don't know exactly what's going on there. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's obviously been addressed, but. You would you would want to know what's going on there, you know, if you're playing an offensive line, if that's happening to a guy like Mikai Becton. Icom Iguanu. You're State. going Iguanu. Iguanu is your first tackle off the board. Yes. Why isn't it Evan Neal? Uh, Evan Neal, because I mentioned Mikai Becton. Mikai Becton is a big boy. And uh-huh. they had trouble. They had trouble with his weight. And I think a lot of his injury concerns is because of his weight. And I'm not saying... Uh, Evan Neal is the same way, but Evan Neal is another massive boy as well. Yep, so that's I, fair. Evan Neal so at think, 6'8", and Ikemi Kwanu at 6'4", 337 three, for Evan Neal and 310 three, three, for, for Kwanu. That, that's more of a manageable weight, more of a safer approach for the New York Jets because they and already hey, have a wild card in Makai Beckton. We don't know his weight right now. We know his weight when he weighed in at the combine. We don't know Correct. if it's ballooned. We don't know if it's gone down. Every, every every player has a different playing weight they like to be at. So I'm not sure if 310 is going to be Iquanu's playing weight. At 6'4", he's a little smaller. I I like the pick. I, I respect it, Rich. I respect it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What, what, what do you think of this? That This is my backup here, and I don't know why why I did this. I, I kind of seen his name popping up a lot mm-hmm. in mock drafts. Some mm-hmm. he's going later. Some he's going earlier. He is my backup. Mm-hmm. Just in case, so I'm going offensive line, but my backup's not an offensive lineman. He plays in the secondary, and the Jets have not done a great job with safeties lately. Mm-hmm. So they they had, obviously, why am I blanking on his name right now? Traded the the Seattle Seahawks for the two first round picks. Why mm-hmm. am I forgetting his name? Jamal Safety. Adams. Jamal Adams. That's yes, the sir. one. Mister Mister Overrated, by the way. Jamal Adams uh, plays basically slot corner. He's a safety, but he plays slot corner. He might be uh, a linebacker to me. He looks like he's a and, linebacker to me. And he's, and he's a linebacker, too. He, <laughs> right. He's everything but a safety, basically. Uh, and, he, and he makes a Pro Bowl every year because of his name. Anyway, I'm going with Kyle Hamilton, the safety. Six foot four, 220 pounds. Rich, I, I don't Ooh. know much about Hamilton, but right. I will tell you, who he's been compared to is Cam Chancellor. <sighs> that, that, and that's a hell of a comparison. Now – this this is going to be tough for me, right? Because I know the importance of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier playing safety for the Buffalo Bills. And I know because of what they do, what I see them do, I understand that it is uh, an important position. But uh, before Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde's presence, I always thought that the safety position was the running back position on defense. And because of that, you need I think, to leave. I think that's a little I, bit too high. I think number four for safety is a little bit too high. I respect safeties, Rich. I respect what they do on the field. You saying that right now 
my favorite player, my one of my one of my favorites. He, he's not my favorite all time, but one of my favorite players all time is Aaron Williams. 23 for the Buffalo Bills, played strong safety. He mm-hmm. hit hard and obviously he had to retire prematurely. It was a very sad day. Um the only reason I'm putting Ham- Hamilton up here is because you're picking at four. I don't know who their number one offensive lineman is, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say it's Iquanu. If Iquanu mm-hmm. goes first, mm-hmm. he's gone. Who's next? Mm-hmm. Let's say we got Evan Neal. He's mm-hmm. off the board. Mm-hmm. I think there could be a scenario where it happens. Hamilton going this high, probably a little bit of a reach. Mm-hmm. But it's been it's been talked about. I don't know. Maybe he could go later at 10. The Jets also hold pick 10. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't go to the Jets within this top 10 selection, I have him falling outside of the top 10 because I don't believe another team would would utilize him the way that Robert Sala could. And and I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'm not I do think it's a little too high, but I understand the thought process behind it. We're talking about six four. I'm pretty sure he's a big long kid, big wingspan. So it's definitely who who, have you ever heard of a six foot four safety? It's been some time, right? Because I haven't. I haven't. That's insane. He's going to be able to contest those deep balls, and it's gonna be really interesting to see. But we're on to the next New York team because both New York teams hold Two first-round picks yep. within the top ten. Yep. So we have the New York Giants with with their fifth overall pick. I'm, I'm gonna take the lead on this one, Rich. Yes, sir. And I'm going with Thibodeau here. You had Thibodeau going earlier, I believe. He went third in your in your mock to the the Houston yep. Texans. Yep. So Thibodeau, we talked about six five, two fifty eight compared to Brian Arakpo. Um, why the Giants? Just because th- this is another team to me that has so many holes, so many. So many opportunities to to really hit on somebody. Is this going to be a quarterback? Possibly. And that's who I have at my backup here. It mm. is Malik Willis to mm. the New York Giants as my backup. If, okay. I like if that. they have him high enough on the draft board, I can see it happening. A new head coach in Brian Dable. We don't know how he feels about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I don't believe his – his fifth-year option has been picked up. I think the only fifth-year option that was picked up was um, there was one very recently, a tight end. Mm, who, uh, was who was that? It's not tight coming. End. It's not coming to mind. Tight end fifth-year option was just picked up. I, I forget his name. I'll get I'll get back to you guys on that. Mm-hmm. But the Giants, I, I believe they can go really anything here. It, it can be a defensive end. Could it be Sauce Gardner here? Yeah, I think it could be Sauce anywhere from now until pick 10 and we're going to mm-hmm. have to see where where Rich has him going mm-hmm. but I'm I'm going to go Thibodeau as my as my primary here and Malik Willis as my backup for the New York Giants and I like it I like it um you know Joe Shane former Buffalo Bills assistant general manager Brian moved the ball head coach of the Buff- uh head coach of the New York Giants now I I think that's they learned a lot during their time in Buffalo um, I don't think they're going to go quarterback in this draft, in this situation. I think Brian Dable believes that. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Uh, in the draft completely or in the draft right now? In the in the draft completely. I don't okay. think I don't think they go quarterback. I think they're going to give Daniel Jones his opportunity to shine and see what he can do in a, in a Brian Dable system. Uh, I think the New York Giants, they understand how to build and construct a team. And you got to do you got to do that within you got to build inside out 
and they have a new team and to do it the right way, you have to build from inside out. So therefore, I'm going to go their first pick, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama. You got to you got to get Daniel Jones some protection here. You got to give him an opportunity to make plays. And I think you also have to give Saquon Barkley an opportunity to make plays. Give give both of them some help. Provide some offensive line help, giving running lanes for Saquon Barkley and giving pass protection for Daniel Jones and see what that skill position pairing can do behind a, a more stable offensive line. Because building in the trenches is important when you're you're constructing your team. And we all know Joe Shane and, and, and Brian Dable, they have a lot of work to do. So why not start with the offensive line? Uh, Evan Neal, offensive tackle, Alabama. That uh, fifth-year option was Noah Fant of the Seattle Seahawks traded mm. in the Denver Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. Mm. So that that's the guy we were looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. Obviously I have Evan Neal going first. So mm-hmm. him falling to five here, I think is possible, but not likely. I think it's very possible that he goes before the New York giants are on the clock. But if, if a guy like Charles cross, like Kwanu, any of these top four tackles are here, Perhaps the Giants will hop on it. But based on the way that Daniel Jones has played, I don't know that he deserves another chance. I'm yeah. all for giving young guys a chance. And people were crucifying Daniel Jones before last season even started. And I wasn't on that train. I was like, hey, you know, let the guy play, see what happens. And it was not good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It wasn't good. So so, so let's ponder this, right? Mm-hmm. If – if it turns out that Brian Dable is actually the quarterback whisperer and is actually the reason, not the reason for Josh Allen's success, but a huge reason for mm-hmm. Josh Allen's success, mm-hmm. and he goes in and makes Daniel Jones a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. what happens then? Because then you have a team who is paying the most money to the wide receiving core, even mm-hmm. though they only caught six touchdowns last year, which mm-hmm. is the league worst. Mm-hmm. 32nd in the league how how are you gonna pay him because i really hope i really hope joe shane had learned some lessons from ben, brandon bean while he was the assistant general manager in buffalo and mm-hmm. wizarding around that cap because mm-hmm. daniel jones turning out right now i don't know if that works for the giants i i don't know because w- what if he doesn't want to be there what if he decides hey i want to go test free agency and that's 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 tough is and you know, who knows what's going to happen? I don't think Daniel Jones would take that tremendous leap in the progression and become a top 10 quarterback. But I think what they want to see and what they think they're capable of doing in the New York Giants organization is making him a better quarterback than he was with the previous regime. And if they can do that, uh, I believe they'll probably construct a contract for him that would that will work out well in both sides because Daniel Jones is going to have success. If, he, if that happens, he's going to see success and he's going to understand that he had failures with other regimes. I'm having success here. Um, why not? Why not uh, continue the success and resign another contract? So I think that that was, is the ultimate goal for both sides. But if he's this much better, it's not worth it. So you, you never, you never know. I want to get some comments here. Lone Wolf says he thinks the Jets would take Garner over Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very possible. I kind of wanted to throw Kyle Hamilton in there. I've heard he's a boomer bust kind of guy. He's either like high on people's boards or he's low. I wanted to see how how rich 
how Rich thought about this. Because when we go on, guys, we don't discuss these topics in length by ourselves before we come on. We we get on the camera for you guys and we talk our stuff. And that's the way we do it is just me, me and Rich. Let's let's get let's get another comment up here because I want to get you I want to get your thoughts on this from 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 my brother. Oh, that was Rock next. Kim. You already yeah. you already know that was coming from Kim. Yeah. Either of you think we'll make a trade with the Giants on draft day? So the Giants hold two first round picks. That being the one we just went over mm-hmm. with five, and then we have seven as mm-hmm. well for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Do I think the Bills will trade up to number five? No. Do I think the Bills will trade up to seven? No. Do I think the Bills may make a trade with the Giants within the second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round? Probably more likely, <laughs> honestly, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to move up that high. Um, I, I've heard some some crazy suggestions. You know, people still want um, the the cornerback. Is it Bradbury? Yeah, James Bradbury. Yeah, so so they still want James Bradbury. I heard something like, you know, send send Poyer. A first, a first this year and a second next year for seven and Bradbury. Yeah, I heard it's been a lot of speculations. I even heard Jermaine Edmonds sending him, packaging him up uh to get a draft selection. So it's, I wouldn't it's I wouldn't of- be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed to packaging Edmonds. I'll be honest with you. I don't <laughs> think you would be either. But I, I would not want to send Poyer away. Um I think I think a, a trade may happen with the Giants, but it's not gonna be what you expect. I, I don't think just because you have a good relationship with somebody doesn't mean that that's always going to happen the way it is. Like mm-hmm. you, you look at the the chiefs trading with the bills to get pick 10 to select Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make the bills more likely to trade with the chiefs in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does, but from the outside looking in, I don't think so. I think a GM is always going to take the best deal for his side. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always care about the opposing side. He's worried about mm-hmm. what he gets in return for his capital. I don't think you'll see the Bills move up that high. Rich, your thoughts? Um, that's going to be tough. From going to twenty-five to five or seven, I think it's going to be tough. Um, uh, in, in in the scenario where we look at the the trade, you know, right. board, you know, what it, would it, it cost? Would that be would that be twenty-five, a two this year? A two next year and like a three, would it be your first next year? Like I, if you're I, moving if you're moving up to five, I think it's your first this year and it's your first next year. I think so too. I think so if too. If you're moving yeah. up to seven, maybe it's your first this year, your two this year, your two next year, and another mid-round pick. I so think I, it, I don't either, think any of those are worth it. No, I don't think so either. I think either of those picks, five or seven, you have to give up your first next year. Really? Yeah. Five was only one more. That's five, seven tomato, tomato. I mean, that's no, that's, that's, no, that's because, high because that's high. one, because one to five is that huge market. And then five to 10 isn't as big mm. or not five to 10, six to 10, six to 10. One to one to five. I think it costs more. You look at when the bills moved up for Josh Allen, it was at seven. So mm. it was, it was at seven. So that's what the giants, the giants own. I guess if there was another Josh Allen in this class, not another quarterback named Josh Allen, but another player named Josh Allen who was at a, a position of need for the Buffalo Bills. I think that would be amazing, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't so, think it's going to happen. Or I don't think there's a Josh Allen in the draft. I'm not sure. Uh, sixth overall pick. Rich, this one's yours. Carolina Panthers on the clock. Who do you have them selecting? 
uh, Sam Donald thinks he's a good quarterback. Sam Donald says <laughs> he's proven that he's a, a good quarterback. I how, ma- I how many ghosts do you think he's seen since since saying that statement? I don't. I man, who knows? Could be hundreds. It could be thousands. A lot more, and I think it's going to be even more ghosts in a, in a, in a, in the likes of other quarterbacks in the room because the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, has been searching for quarterbacks to no avail since he's got there. He's had no success. He's fired. He's had Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Donald. He's fired the offensive coordinator. That's now our quarterback coach. He is in search for a quarterback. Carolina Panthers go. Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pittsburgh. Okay. Kenny Pickett, 6'3", mm-hmm. 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. Then compared to Andy Dalton, not current Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton in his prime. I tell you what, Rich, I'm, I'm not against it. Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. is my backup here for the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Willis is technically still on my board. He could still be in play here, I believe, mm-hmm. if, if they want to go quarterback. They got They don't. They didn't. You don't. You don't got him going quarterback here. I don't know that this is the year for the Panthers to go quarterback because wow. what what around you is there, right? If if you believe Kenny Pickett is a franchise guy, then take him. Okay, I'm fine with it. If you believe Malik Willis is your franchise guy, take him. I would not be surprised to see him go quarterback, but Sauce Gardner has been on the board too long. And this is where he goes. Sixth mm-hmm. overall to the Carolina Panthers. They haven't had a number one corner since, I believe, Peanut Tillman. Charles Tillman, the peanut punch. Sauce Gardner, 6'3", 200 pounds, been compared to the likes of Richard Sherman. I believe he is the best corner in this draft. He's going to go the earliest. I think he's going to go in the top 10. And to me, him sitting on the board here, the Panthers don't have a lot in the secondary, and that's why I prioritized corner over quarterback. If if their board has that quarterback, I would not be surprised though. And that that would be an interesting selection. I think we're forget. I think we're forgetting about uh, they had the number eight overall pick last year, the Carolina Panthers, and they went J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. He got hurt. So he missed he missed majority of the season, but he's supposed to be that number one cornerback kind of guy for the Carolina Panthers, that shutdown guy that hope is healthy this year. So I I, I wouldn't be opposed of it, but it'll be an interesting thing for the Carolina Panthers to go cornerback back to back years in top eight. When picks. when did JC Horn get injured? Because maybe on the uh, on the depth chart or roster that I was looking at, he was not on that list. That's a very very solid point by a rich. I think I think this is our first ever Dan Kelly is wrong segment. I don't think it's the first ever, but it okay. Is, it is the first <laughs> ever, and I fully accept it. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass the baton to you, and I'm gonna say Kenny Pickett. I'm I'm good with it. Yeah, we can go, we can go Kenny Pickett here. Okay, it's gonna it's gonna change my draft later, but I, I can I can go with that on you. So we're going seven, seventh overall, New York Giants. Mm. It is my turn, and hopefully yep. it's a Rich's turn to be wrong. Uh, originally, I had Kenny Pickett going here. I had earlier the Giants selecting Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end. Here, I went quarterback because I believe they're taking a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Willis still on my board. 
Really? Um, it's it's possible he goes here, but I don't think so. I have Malik Willis falling outside of the top 10. I'm not going to tell you where. I will tell you, you'll see it next week for sure right. between picks 10 to 20. But seventh overall, you took you took my primary in going Kenny Pickett. Is he different than Daniel Jones? Justin Calhoun asks. I think so. Uh, I think maybe uh, Brian Dable wants a guy that he can mold himself, right? Daniel Jones has been in the NFL for, I believe, four seasons now. He's been with coaches. He's been with coordinators. He might want a fresh start. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why uh, you could argue Kenny Pickett um, for the Giants. So here we are going with Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver, really? six really? foot tall, 192 pounds, been compared to Odell Beckham Jr., a, a, another former first-round pick of the New York Giants. Um, it could be another wide receiver here, but I think um, Kenny Galladay has not worked out. I can see him being traded. I can see him being released within the next couple of years, and their depth at wide receiver isn't there. I don't think Sterling Shepard is the answer. So th this is an opportunity for best player available. And that's why I'm going with the wide receiver here for the New York Giants. And you know what? Um, I'm not mad at it at all. I'm not mad at it at all. You know, uh, Kenny Galladay, he's getting paid a lot of money to be that number one wide receiver. But so is James Bradbury. He's getting paid a lot of money to be that number one corner. And I and love Kenny Galladay. I mm -hmm. loved him in Detroit. Not as much as I love Terry McLaurin. If you guys are unaware, Terry McLaurin, amazing. Uh, Kenny Galladay was getting up there for me. You know, he's an injury-prone guy. I was hoping that when he went to New York, it would work out, but I kind of thought he was just chasing the money, and that's mm -hmm. what it looks like now. It, ha it hasn't worked so far with the New York Giants. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to go another direction here. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not opposed to the pick, but, you know, that's where we disagree. It is conflict of interest. I think they're going to give Daniel Jones another season. Uh, I think they're going to rock out with, with him at the but, quarterback. But, Rich, you would give Daniel Jones another season. After mm -hmm. seeing what you've seen for him from him for the last four years with mm -hmm. his turnover problems, with mm -hmm. his lack of development, mm -hmm. you believe he he has another season of attempting to be a starter. See what I what I what I'm thinking, how I'm processing this is Brian Dable when he got the job, and I'm speculating here, but this is how I'm thinking. I'm 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 being I'm being Brian Dable and I'm adding some bravado here. Um you've gotten a lot of tanner, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> and hey man, I think um first of all, I would love to have, have be the have, have an opportunity to, to coach the New York Giants. Um you've seen what I've done with Josh Allen. I've had Josh Allen since his rookie season. I've I was able to mold him. He got better each year. I think I can do the same thing with Daniel Jones. And I think that was part of the process in terms of the meetings when Brian Dable did get the job. Of course, Joe Shane had a lot to do with that. But I do believe Brian Dable, because these coaches think they can fix guys. These coaches are stubborn. They think they can do what they do in terms of uh, making somebody better. And I think Brian Dable thinks he can improve a Daniel Jones. So therefore, I'm not going quarterback here. I went offensive line, offensive tackle for the first pick for the New York Giants, premium position. And now I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher, Florida State. 
go ahead. There's not a lot of edge rushes out here. There's not a lot of edge rushers that could possibly cause havoc in this NFL. And if you could get somebody that can be a threat on the defensive side of the ball to opposing offenses and quarterbacks on a week-to-week basis, you go ahead and do so. And I think Jermaine Johnson, uh, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year out of Florida State, can indeed do that. We're talking about another guy that's twitchy, athletic specimen, 25 quarterback hits, 14 sacks in the ACC last year. Uh, I think Jermaine Johnson would be a tremendous get for the New York Giants. You have a premium position that you drafted on with your first pick at, at five, offensive tackle, and now you have another premium position at, at seven, at edge rusher, because you got to build this thing inside out. So Jermaine Johnson, Florida State, edge rusher, New York Giants. Uh, a little high for, for Jermaine Johnson, I believe. He, he is going soon, but not quite yet to the New York Giants. And and I want to I wanna tell you, I know you had mentioned quarterback. I went quarterback earlier. This pick was Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver for the mm. New York Giants. So mm. if if they don't go quarterback, right, mm. I believe they have to select something for Daniel Jones. So mm. earlier, earlier you had them going defensive end, and now you have them going. It, who was your pick for the Giants earlier? My, my pick for the Giants earlier was Evan Neal. Evan Neal. Yep. Okay, so Evan an Neal. offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Yes. Um, Building the I, trenches. I think it, it makes sense, but I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. Um, with that being said, could this be defense? It definitely could. I think the first wide receiver is going to go here, and it's going to be a run on wide receivers mm-hmm. right about now. Eighth is the Atlanta Falcons, and mm-hmm. here we go Jamison Williams, the wide receiver who tore his ACL. Um, it's going to affect his draft stock, but not by much. Uh, th- this guy, you got you got to remember, right? These scouts have been in the NFL for a long time. Some of them. Some of them maybe not. OBJ wasn't drafted high because of an injury, a hip injury, I believe. They kept him sidelined 11 to 13 weeks his rookie year. How many teams out of the 31 teams that didn't select, excuse me, OBJ regretted it? Probably a lot. Maybe not all, because not everybody agrees with, I believe, the person Odell Beckham Jr. is, but I believe they would be happy with the football player Odell Beckham Jr. So here we're going Jamison Williams to the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason is, Rich, is they did not do anything in free agency regarding wide receiver. Now you can argue to me that they got Cordero Patterson back and, and that's perfectly fine. I think that's a great story. He mm-hmm. hasn't worked out in the NFL. He goes to Atlanta, finally has a very good season. It's a shame that he wasn't voted to the Pro Bowl, I believe. But you you need to do something in your wide receiver room. So I'm going with Jamison Williams, six foot two, 189 pounds, been compared to Will Fuller. Hopefully he can stay healthy more than a guy like Will Fuller. And you know what? Um, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, Jamison Williams, uh, uh, excellent route runner. He's an excellent player. Um, the ACL. The ACL is is why I don't have Jamison Williams going in the top 10, but you never know. Like you said, Odell Beckham is a prime example of, of why you probably don't want to miss out on a guy like him. ACLs but, nowadays are like a broken finger. Yeah. They, they fix yeah. you right up. It's yes. like it never happened before. Facts. Facts. So 
People want to talk about Tredavious White coming off of it. And and I think it's a, it's a good talking point. But at the same time, these guys are so good at what they do. And not that I want to put all the pressure on them, but I think they can fully bounce back and be exactly who they were before. Now, I'm going to go another route in terms of same position, different another guy. Another route? Another route. <laughs> Double entendre right there. There you go. There you go. Same position, different player. Number are eight. you taking pick. Garrett Wilson? I am not. Okay. I am taking Drake London out of USC. Drake, the wide receiver out of USC, Drake London, 6'4", 220-pound receiver. This kid right here, in my opinion, Drake London has an opportunity to be a monster. You know, he's a big kid, big catch radius. He has an opportunity to be a devastating run blocker as well. And I'm just thinking about the quarterback position right now. Marcus Mariota, I don't think, you know, he is the most accurate out of guys. And I think a guy like Calvin Ridley, who's missing the season, but you hope to get him back next year. I don't know what they're going to do with him. But I think no idea. Awful. I, I think having a guy like Drake London, a guy with a big catch radius, a big kid, a guy that can go up and make contested catches, jump ball catches. I think that is something that can help the Atlanta Falcons offense to go along with uh, their tight end. I forgot his I forget his name. He's not coming to me right now. The Atlanta Falcons tight end who was had over a thousand yard receiver, that thousand yard receiver. Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yes. I think that that combination of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I think can be a, a, a devastating combination, especially with in the run after the, after the catch situation. So I got Drake London going number eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. We, we agree on the position, but not quite the player. Mm -hmm. uh, perfectly. Okay. I, mm -hmm. I think this is also a spot that Malik Willis could go. The reason I'm not going quarterback here is just because it's Arthur Jones and it's Marcus Mariota. It's, mm -hmm. it's a reunion between mm -hmm. two guys who had success together. Marcus mm -hmm. Mariota, of course, the only quarterback to throw himself a touchdown mm -hmm. in the playoffs. What, what a play that was. Mm -hmm. Crazy. That, that play was insane Crazy. because it would have been an illegal forward pass had it not been batted back to himself. Yeah. He was over the line of scrimmage. I don't know why the, there's no flag there. Anyway, uh, semantics. <laughs> right. Ninth pick belongs to the Seattle Seahawks. It also belongs to the man to my right, Akeem Richards. Nice pick, Seattle Seahawks. What do you got? Man, I I I still didn't pick Sauce yet. I still exactly. Didn't, I still didn't, and it's like, is, is it possible Sauce falls that far? Uh, is knife too far? I don't know. Maybe maybe you not. love Sauce. How I would is love, he still on your board? I would I I I love him for the Buffalo Bills. Yes, <laughs> I'm being you, a little selfish. Do you love him as a football player in yes. terms of do you think he can go before this ninth pick? I th I think when it's all said and done three, four years from now, we could look at Sauce Gardner being potentially the best player in the draft. I think that highly of him. So, um, so the possibility that he goes before this pick, what would you put that range in? I would put that range into – I would go uh, four to seven, anywhere from the New York Jets, the Giants, to the Panthers, to the Giants again. Mainly okay. the maybe mainly the New York teams with with those picks. So that's where that's where you think he could end up. So are you as are you high. taking him as the Seattle Seahawks here? Uh 
No. It would it would make sense. It would look at, look at that would. team. What have they, would. what they have done with the secondary? They need help. It's they not do. the Legion of Boom anymore. It's the Legion of Oh crap. Where's all our talent? Right. So this could be Sauce Gardner. You're not going him. He's off my board. Let's see what you got for the Seattle Seahawks. Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Okay. Charles off- Cross. Going offensive line here. You got you got Drew Locke. You want to give <laughs> you 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 want to give. I guess you want to give the man an opportunity. Can you, can you say that with any less confidence? Well, you've got Drew Locke. You know, yeah, you got you got Drew Locke over there, and so, you know. So, so let me let let me put you in this scenario. You're, you're selecting Charles Cross, who I had going fourth overall mm-hmm. to the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. In my scenario, Malik Willis is still on this board. Mm. Do you think he could go to the Seattle Seahawks? I think it's definitely possible. I think it's because, definitely possible. Because it was said that the Seahawks were interested in Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Obviously trading Russell Wilson away. Interested in Deshaun Watson. I don't know if the interest was there with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like every team besides the teams that have a young, proven quarterback, as in the Bills and Chargers, would be interested in Aaron Rodgers. I feel like that's just how it is. But a lot of people don't like him for his attitude. A lot of people, you know, think he he relies on relied let me change the wording on that Devonte adams too much so here in my scenario you'd probably go malik willis because he's on the board is that correct or would you still go charles cross see the reason why i would go charles cross is because i think drew lock is is i think seattle's in a prime position to be uh one of the worst teams in the league this year mm-hmm. so they can be able to take one of those top quarterbacks next year. I think the quarterback class next year is going to be a bit better than this one, especially at the top. And I think Drew Locke is 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 that is that bridge gap type quarterback in that type of situation. So I wouldn't go quarterback here. I'll go Charles Cross here, and in hopes to. I'm not saying they're tanking, but you traded Russell Wilson. You you got rid of a lot of pieces. Um, I think this is one of those years where the Seattle Seahawks can possibly take that step back. Uh, in the short term, I think that's their thought process. Take that step back in the short term to to get back into uh, a respectable football sooner rather than later, and and getting one of those franchise quarterbacks next year. Because if you're at a position, if it, it, you don't want to be mediocre every year, because that being being stuck on mediocrity, you can't get no better. But it, it, it's it's not it's not good. So take we that know, step back. We know what mediocrity was like. We had it for a yes. very long time. Yes, they have that opportunity to take that step back, roll out Drew Locke this year, get 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 your offensive lineman for this year and for the future franchise quarterback that's going to come in, and uh and roll out this year with, with Drew Locke, see what he got. And at worst, you pick in as one of the top teams next season, and you get your you get your 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 franchise quarterback next year. So I'm still going offensive line here with Seattle Seahawks and Charles Cross. Not against it. I obviously have the offensive lineman going a little higher in my draft, so they're unavailable at this point. If if a guy like Charles Cross was available, maybe I'd go with it. I want to go to a question here from Lone Wolf real quick. Will Seattle be worse than Atlanta? Uh, I think it's definitely up for debate. Um, I don't know how Rich is feeling about this, but I'd say Seattle, Atlanta, and probably the Panthers are going to be some of my worst teams going in the next year. I, I'd have to agree, but I do think Atlanta has a better quarterback than Seattle right now. I think Marcus Mariota is better than Drew Locke. So that because I, of that, I haven't seen I haven't seen Marcus Mariota in a little while. I can't I can't tell you that right now. I think Tennessee's Marcus Mariota is better, 
Now, has he gotten better? Possibly. We're going to have to see. It's been a little while since we've seen Marcus Mariota play football. I'm just not high on Drew Locke at all. I think a lot of quarterbacks would be better than Drew Locke, and I don't have to see them play. <laughs> and, and, and you mentioned you mentioned you think the Seahawks are are losing but not tanking, right? And I I agree, but I don't. And mm-hmm. and you know me, it's always a complicated thing. The real Dan Kelly is a complicated person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think they're bad, right? But if they were going to like lose on purpose, I think Pete Carroll would have be gone. And I expected Pete Carroll to leave after Russell Wilson was traded, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So here you had Jermaine Johnson going earlier. I'm selecting him right now to the Seattle Seahawks, six foot five, 262 pounds, then compared to the likes of Max Crosby with the Raiders. So I like this here. Jermaine Johnson, I seen him going in a lot of mock drafts in this selection, ninth overall to the Seahawks. They mm-hmm. need help on the edge. They have one solid guy. Why not make it a two-piece with Jermaine Johnson? I actually, I like it. I like it. I can see it happening if he doesn't go earlier. I still think in my heart of hearts, the Giants have a real opportunity to select him there. But uh, if not, and he's still on the board, man, edge rushers, edge rushers, they are, they are premium premium in this NFL. So you, if you have an opportunity to go get one that you think can can cause havoc, you you definitely have to do so. So wouldn't, wouldn't be opposed. And my my backup there for the Seattle Seahawks, I just want to get into it because Sauce is still on your board. Mm-hmm. He's gone on mine, but my mm-hmm. backup here for the Seattle Seahawks is a corner, and it's Trent McDuffie, the five foot eleven, one ninety five, been compared Ooh. to the likes of Jair Alexander. Alexander. Ooh, I like that. I like I like McDuffie a lot. I like McDuffie a lot. And that's that's a hell of a selection over and and. That's another kid that we're not talking about. And I think if he stays healthy, he has one of the opportunities to be one of the best players as well. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., um, the cornerback out of LSU, who is very highly rated and highly touted. So uh, it's interesting that you went McDuffie for your backup, but I'm not opposed because I think he's a tremendous player. And and there's a lot of good corners. I don't know whether there's going to be a run on them. I don't know whether people are going to be looking to trade up. We're going to have to really see. But 10th belongs to you. And it is the New York Jets once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, before before you make your selection, go back to your earlier Jets pick and mm-hmm. make it known what you went earlier so we can tell where you're going with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went uh, Iquano, Akim Iquano, uh, offensive tackle out of NC State. Uh, I think Joe Douglas has been doing a, 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 a fairly job building within the trenches. He signed, he drafted Makai Becton. He drafted Elijah Vera Tucker trying to solidify that offensive line for his franchise quarterback. I think he's going to do it again with his top pick in the first round with Akemi Iquano. And then at number 10, as much as I hate to do it, <laughs> as much as I hate to do it, I have I have Sauce Gardner, Sauce going oh, number 10 to the New oh, York man. Jets. I don't think they pass. Let, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this about Sauce. If he goes in the in the division because this would be a problem. Can can he cover Diggs? I don't think anybody can cover Diggs. Can can he Okay. Can he do a better job than other corners do covering Diggs? Possibly. Possibly, but even 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 if that happens, I don't think it'll be nece- necessarily be this season. But I think in the future, I think he, I, I just think the kid is a tremendous talent, man. I think he is a tremendous tremendous talent, 
And um, I, 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 as much as I hate to do it, uh, I think it's a possibility that Sauce Gardner can can go to can fall to the New York Jets. If he falls to ten, I would not be surprised to see him go. I would not be surprised to see him go at all. Uh, if he falls to ten, you mentioned he could go between four and seven. Spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're late for the party. You missed the outfit reveal. You missed a lot. Go back, watch every single second of this video, smash the like button, leave us a comment, and we appreciate you for coming out. Thank you. Uh, you're right in your position, Rich, but Sauce Gardner went uh, long ago. Mm-hmm. Long ago did Sauce Gardner go, mm-hmm. and that is some bars for you brought to you by <laughs> the real Dan Kelly, also confused for the real Slim Shady every once in a while. Um, you mentioned his name. It's going to be Derek Stingley Jr. here for the New York Jets. Mm. Six foot one, 195. Been compared to Stefan Gilmore. Mm. Now, I want to I want to get back into this a little bit. So we're going Stingley here. I've had a lot of cornerbacks go. I've had McDuffie. I've had – well, McDuffie was a backup I had here. Mm-hmm. Stingley and Gardner. That's three corners in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Lick Willis is still on my board after the top ten. I mm-hmm. would not be surprised – to see a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the New Orleans Saints, try to make a move into the top 10 to select a quarterback, whether it be Kenny Pickett, whether it be Malik Willis. There's another quarterback in the first round. Do you, do you know his name? Another quarterback that's being mocked in the you, first you, round? You got you got Desmond Riddler from Cincinnati. You got Matt Carroll. Okay. Uh, I know. Um, I've heard I've heard both those names yep. possibly going in the first round. Yep. So I don't know who they're looking for. But I want I want to hear from you, Rich. Could you see a team moving up into the top ten? And if so, what would it be for? Who who would you jump? Not even if you're the Bills. If if you're if you're a team in this scenario, and you're not in the top ten, and you need one of these top ten guys that we selected tonight, who would you have to jump, and who would you take? Oh man, that's an excellent question. Um. As far as the as far as the team specifically, I have no idea. Is it possible? Yes, you know, draft days is always something that's that's going to wow you when it comes to the draft. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let me let, let me let me um, simplify it a little bit for you. Go ahead. Let's go with a team that is very good. Let's say between the ranges of like playoff teams. Okay, let's okay. say a playoff team is moving up. Okay. Pick pick a playoff team. If you'd mm-hmm. like, don't mm-hmm. have it be the Bills because we're mm-hmm. going to be talking Bills every week. Mm-hmm. And t- tell me what you think they need, and where and and where you could see them moving. Oh man, um, excellent question, excellent question. Pick a playoff team, and where can I see them moving? Uh if if there's a playoff team that you know that has a glaring need. So let's let's say like if I if I'm I know they weren't a playoff team per se, but the Los Angeles Chargers are a really good football team. So if I'm the Chargers and let's say, you know, they need help on the offensive line, maybe they want to trade up with possibly the Falcons, you know, a team that is bad already and expected to have first round picks in the future. You need you need to jump these teams because Almost everybody needs offensive line help, Rich. Like it, it's well known; it's not a secret that protecting your quarterback is a very important thing to do in the NFL. Correct, correct, correct. Um, 
and you're right. And it is protecting your quarterback is 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 dire needs. Is a dire need to do so. If I had to pick a team to possibly move up, um, I'm not sure if it's a it'll be a playoff team. Okay. Per se, but if you, if you have a team, we're, we're already here. It. Uh, the New Orleans. I put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. So the, New, okay. the New Orleans Saints. I think okay. the New Orleans Saints is possible that they can they can move up. Jameis Winston, I know they re-signed him. They kind of lucked out for other quarterbacks. Uh, it's possible if if they see a guy that they like at the quarterback position, they can move up from 18 into that top 10 spill. Uh, I think that is possible for the Do you New think Orleans. The Steelers are an option to move up for a quarterback as well. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think I, I think Mitch Trubisky. I think it's I think it's possible, but I think I also think they're going to give Mitch Trubisky a chance to win that starting job. I don't think they'll move up to get a quarterback, but you never know. I like this one from Justin. Yeah, I like Bengals, that too. Bengals jumping to get O line. Uh, great, great point, Justin. And man, I, I was just thinking this the other day, Rich. And this thought goes through my head very often, and mm-hmm. it's kind of random. We haven't spoken about this yet, mm-hmm. but it always scares me when you have a really good season and and you end up losing, right? You don't win the Super Bowl because you don't know when you're going to be back. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills made it all the way to the AFC divisional round this year. Mm -hmm. We don't know that that's ever going to happen again, honestly. Now, do we expect it a little bit because of Mm -hmm. the roster that the Buffalo Bills have, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like the Bengals who had the run that they did. Do you expect them to be in Super Bowl contention again next year? Yes. I, I don't I, think so. I don't think so, man, because you, you got to think about how lucky they they got. And not that they're a bad football team, but I think they, they have the most holes that I can think of. You know, that offensive line is in shambles. Joe Burrow sacked more than any other quarterback ever in a playoff game, right? They lose to the Rams. There's stuff they need to do. Deshaun Watson is now in the division. He's probably going to play this year. So I, I just don't think the Bengals have it as easy as some people may think. No, I don't think they have it easy at all. I don't think they have it easy at all. But I think they have uh I think they have the core players in place. I think when you have a, a franchise quarterback with like a, a Joe Burrow, uh I think there's definitely an opportunity. You went out, you signed. They went out and signed Leal Collins when he got cut from uh, the Dallas Cowboys to hope to shore up their tackle position. They signed uh, Ted Karras, I believe, a, a, a center to yep. hope to bolster that offensive line position. So they, uh, the the the, the, more, the majority of their problems lied on that offensive line, and they did yep. some things to try to correct the situation this offseason. They still have their core players in place. Joe Burrow still in place. John Joe Mixon. You still have the receivers in uh and Boyd, Chase, and Higgins. Uh, they yep. got Hayden Hurst to, to replace uh, C.J. Uzama, who I think is uh, I a love better Uzoma, athlete. Man. He was great. I, I was a big fan of him. A lone wolf with a good point here. Uh, they have to play better teams because of going to the Super Bowl, and that's mm-hmm. going to make it harder for them to mm-hmm. get into the playoffs too. Of I course. just think, to, to me, they, they may have the most holes. They they had that Cinderella type of run that I really didn't expect. Who, who expected the Bengals to beat the Chiefs, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of people probably had the Chiefs winning. They're in a tough division. Baltimore, if Baltimore is healthy, it's a problem. I, I think Pittsburgh may be the worst team in that division right now. Cleveland could be a problem if Deshaun Watson 
is in football shape and and plays the way that he did in his prime with the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be problematic, but it it always scares me, even just for the Bills. Like, what if that's the closest they get? You know what I mean? You you really never know how much your team is going to decline or improve. And you're absolutely right, especially in this type of offseason where it seems as if all of the impact players came over to the AFC side, the AFC division. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and a comment here from Spin. Uh, I know. I know the Super Bowl does not affect their schedule. That, that was a, a, a miss. A misinterpret from from my end. My my apologies. I do know winning the division makes you play the winners of other divisions. They were away. And Cincinnati, but still, they still won the division anyway. So they still they going to get that schedule anyway, right? Yep, so they did. Um, you know, and it, it's not going to be easy, but it's 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 an exciting. The NFC is the NFC of the 2010s. Right. <laughs> That's what it is right now. It's right. like if if you had to pick eight teams to make the playoffs in the NFC, I don't think you could do it. I think you could pick three or four. You can't even pick the division winners because they're all just so mediocre. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I think other teams see that, realize that, and, and and feel they have a chance to make a run in the NFC. I think that's why the New Orleans Saints made a move like they made a move on mortgage in their first round pick of the future because they probably see uh, this as a time for them to, to, to make a move in this NFC. Even though you still have Tampa Bay in there, you still have Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you still have the San Francisco 49ers. You still have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, but after that, maybe the Cowboys. Maybe that. What, what are the Niners doing at quarterback? We still don't know what's going on with Garoppolo. There's a lot of right. stuff going on. Guys, we thank you for tuning in to the Conflict yeah. of Interest Draft Special. Picks 1 through 10. We're, we're going to sign off here in a minute. But we, we didn't have a viewer's mailbag this week. So, Rich... I came up with a with a different segment, okay, mm. and and it, and it's it's just for you, Rich. It, it it is made for Akeem Richens to be able to take us through how he feels about okay. this topic because okay. it's it's pretty random. It, it is a thing that you may not expect. What? 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 So, Rich, I bring to you Dan's mailbag. Mm-hmm. And the question this week is, do you believe that you could run for a first down in today's NFL? You know what? I think that's an excellent question. And are, are you are you going to give me the easy way out, or can I explain myself a little bit, or does it just have to be yes or no? You you can – okay. So, so let's give you some parameters here. Okay. So – it, it is a handoff to you yes. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Behind you, what O line? That's where that's where I'm torn. <laughs> you, you cannot you cannot pick a team with a to, with a top ten offensive line. Let's see if I can pick an offensive line for you mm, off the top of my head. Let let's go let's go Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings is your offensive line. Uh. People in the comments, drop me a team. Drop me a team for Rich to to run against that you believe could could stop him. The first person to drop a team that is not the Bills will will be oh, okay. No, spin, no, spin is up. No, he says the Bengals. No. So, so Rich, the, the ball is handed to you. You have to get a first down against the Cincinnati Bengals. What happens? 
Uh, but well, against them or behind their O line? If it's behind their O line, I'm done. I'm out. I'm <laughs> no, concussed. Your offensive line is the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Your defense that you are going against is the Cincinnati the Bengals. Um, you know what? I was a little shifty in my heyday. Now I was a little. I, I had a little moves. I was a little. I was a little shifty. This ain't, this ain't your heyday anymore, right? Buddy. <laughs> You're right about that. I have back issues. Is my back hurting? Just sitting here. So no, I don't think so. I think running back right now, uh, that position in particular, run for first down, ten yards. I, I I don't think I I don't think I can do it. Not 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 off one play. I would need a a, a few plays well to to get that first down and probably beyond the four downs regular that's required in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no no. But now hey, if you ask me, can I can I can I uh, go out and receive, make a catch for a first down? I can go ahead and do that. I can go ahead. You think, and, you think you can get past yes. an NFL cornerback? I think I can make a play. <laughs> I think I can make a play for a first down. And my now, now I'm not the same guy as I once was, but my hands are still legit now. My hands, I gotta show you so I gotta show you some uh some some film one day. My hands are still legit. I think I could go out there and get a first down. Hey Rich, you know where I am. I'm right in Hamburg, 10 minutes down the road from the stadium. You gotta come out here, catch a yes. game. Yes. We'll, we'll grab a beer. And have some fun. Yep. Dan's Malbag brought to you by the real Dan Kelly. Rich, I'm challenging you. Next week is your question for me. I like Rich's it. Rich's Malbag will be yes. the topic next week. I like it. So we we thank you for all coming down. Appreciate you. Thank you for allowing us to cover more than just the Buffalo Bills. There are 31 other teams in the NFL. We appreciate all of you. Rich, sign us off, buddy. Once again, a rich Akeem Richens, the real Dan Kelly. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us. We may not agree all the time, but we disagree with respect. Myself, this was, Dan this Kelly. was a great episode, Rich. I had I had so much fun with this with this draft special, just debating with you back and forth about how many ways these teams can go in the draft. And again, and again, we are Buffalo Bills fans to the core. Right. But I, I know it's it's 31 other teams and Buffalo Bills talk as we want it to be redundant at times. We want to talk about it and we could talk about it all day, every day. But it's important to understand uh, your surroundings, what's going on around you in the AFC East, in the AFC, in the NFC. So uh, great show, Dan Kelly and everybody in the comment section. I we appreciate it all. We appreciate the comments. Um, there's other brands out here that, that does a lot of bills talk and for y'all to rock with us, who has been rocking with us each and every week from spin to lone wolf to, to many others, we do appreciate you. So for myself, from the real Dan Kelly, this is the conflict of interest. We'll be back at the normally scheduled time next week at eight 15. And like we always say, go bills. Hashtag a rich is always wrong. <laughs> go bills.